Today's Five Clubs podcast is brought to you by Golf Pride. Golf Pride knows that a grip isn't only a grip. It's the one piece of equipment in your hands on every single shot. You might not know it, but it has a huge impact on your game. In fact, Golf Pride recently conducted a first-of-its-kind study showing the impact of worn versus new grips. It showed that on average, a focus group of adept golfers gained an extra two yards of carry when they played with new grips. So what are you waiting for? Refresh your grips. Refresh your game. Visit GolfPride.com today to learn more. Golf Pride. Respect the grip. Hi, and welcome into the Wagyu Filet Show. Johnson Wagner, Brendan DeYoung, Sony Open in Hawaii is in the books. Grayson Murray, a champion with a, a wild playoff finish. Uh, what were your initial takeaways? Um, well, firstly, that Grayson Murray is a changed man. You know, he uh, he went out there, he, uh, he won that playoff, and then just listening to him speak, like this guy's put in a lot of effort into his personal life. Um, he, he has changed, and uh, you know what? I'm a believer. I really am. You know, he said all the right things, and uh, you could tell that there was kind of a, a genuine – there was a genuine feel to everything that he was saying. He realized that he wasn't the most popular guy out there. didn't have a whole lot of friends. And he, uh, he went about changing it. And uh, you know what? Good for him. I agree. He completely seems like a changed man. Uh, get back to that in a second. But the golf, like he didn't do anything really spectacular Sunday. Just made a lot of pars. Uh, as you know, that golf course there, Wildlife Country Club, you have to take care of the two par fives, which he did every day, including made one eagle. So he played them nine under. 10 under if you count the uh, playoff hole. So he birdied, made the turn, eagled nine, birdied 10, and birdied 18 twice, once in regulation, once in the playoff. So took care of the easy holes and didn't make any mistakes. Uh, really impressive. And, and and I second everything you say about him uh, like going forward. I think he is, has turned it around and, and uh, thrilled for the kind of person. I, I look forward to meeting him, meeting yeah. this Grayson Murray. Uh, the Grayson Murray I knew was a, a cocky, arrogant kid that made a lot of bad, bad choices and I played a practice round with him once at the Players' Championship. We played nine holes. Um, I don't know why he wanted to play a practice round with me so bad, but he did. And uh, he was being real cocky about how much we're going to play for something, something per birdie and per eagle. And we get out and I hold it on one for eagle and then make about a 30-footer for eagle on the second hole. So I was up big. And uh, he paid me right there on the, off the ninth green, just whipped it out and handed me the money. So I've got, always got respect for – uh, for guys that pay right on that 18th green, ninth green, what may it be? Yeah, you start eagle eagle. I'm kind of surprised he didn't walk in after two holes. <laughs> Clubhouse is right there. Yeah, you're right there. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I met Grayson a while back, and as you say, he was he was cocky, he was arrogant, and uh, you know, a word I think that uh, has been thrown a lot around a lot and makes perfect sense is immature. He needed to grow up. He really did. Um, you know, I. I did an outing with him at uh, Horseshoe Bay just outside of Austin. And, um, you know, I wasn't sure who was going to be at the outing. So I, I rock up and I see it's uh, John Sendon, Grayson Murray, and uh, Rich Beam. And obviously the four of us, we spent a lot of time together there. And, you know, I, I left there and I wasn't the biggest Grayson Murray fan. I mean, to, to put it lightly, he was uh, – a guy that was very full of himself, brash, um, not someone that you'd really want to spend a lot of time with. And then what I saw Sunday after making that uh, that winning putt was uh, certainly a different human being. So uh, good for him, and that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, I mean, and he he went back down to the Corn Ferry Tour, played off past champion status. Unfortunately, you and I know what that's like on the PGA Tour. It's it's a it's a tough road to hoe. Yeah. Uh, 
he went he goes and wins twice on the corn ferry tour once in the playoffs uh so that's his third win in nine months um he also had some good finishes sprinkled in at the john deere classic uh the the barbasol um and, and like a, a dramatic turnaround i mean just think back in 2022 in the fall like the story about grayson murray was and i got his spot in bermuda had the bad scooter accident his picture of his face was all over yeah. social media and and just to see where he's come in such a short period of time is uh it's really it's really heartwarming and um I, I hope it i hope it sticks it seems genuine like you said and i hope it sticks with him and, and i like the way he's talking uh, he wants to change who he is as a person uh, the golf is just coming kind of secondary. So that's a, uh, it's a good step. And maybe, maybe you could learn something from that. Um, but, uh, Brendan, <laughs> you're down at Calusa Pines playing a little golf. Uh, tell me about your golf game. Uh, you know what, Wags? I played, uh, yesterday for the first time since we were down at Calusa Pines at uh, the beginning of December. And, uh, you know what? I actually kind of surprised myself. I, uh, I found the middle of the face. The ball, the ball still didn't go very far, but it, it went straight for the most part. Um, and I actually played a lot better than I was expecting to. So, you know, I've got two more days of golf plus uh, an afternoon round today. So three more rounds. I'll be a little tired at the end of it, but uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, as I say, I was kind of pleasantly surprised. Let's You got to give me a score. What'd you shoot? I shot 69. Um, I did find out after the fact that perhaps I might have played a couple of the wrong tees. Uh, <laughs> we were supposed to play a combo, and maybe we just played the, the member tees. 69, that's better than you and I played best ball around. Clusa Pines probably playing up a tee from where we did in the Invitational, though. Uh, yeah, we played a slightly shorter golf course yesterday, but we did play with some breeze. Um of course, it's a little bit softer than when we played at the Invitational as well. Not quite as fiery, but uh, yeah, it's always a special place. I know uh, we've both been members down here for a little while, and it's uh, you know it's always one of those places when as soon as you drive through the gates, it's kind of like everything else goes away, and you just get to enjoy yourself, and it's uh, it's always a great time. That is for sure. You're gonna need to tell Eddie and Mike Ballier hi for me while you're there. Um, I will do. Let's get into a couple other guys in the playoff. I want to first start yeah. with uh, with Keegan. I felt like. I felt like Keegan had it in his hands and, and he didn't get off to a great start, but Eagles number nine and was on, had a, had a couple other wonderful shots on the back nine, throwing out a fist pump on 15 and guys seemed to be like Russell Henley got up there and then made bogey on 16. Um, Carl Yuan was playing good. Uh, was right there on at 17 under and then he bogeys 17 and doesn't birdie 18. And you just thought that Keegan had it in his hands standing on that 18th tee, uh, knowing birdie wins and and it it just just hit multiple bad shots both in regulation and in the playoff what did you make of keegan's week and and i don't know if you caught his post-round press conference but he was pretty pretty gutted after this one yeah and you can understand why as you say that was uh that's one of those where you feel like it's your tournament to win you've just got to make the the right swing at the right time there you know in the playoff hit the best tee shot standing right there in the middle of the fairway you know grayson murray's already had to chip out or not a chip out but lay up uh ben Arns missed the green short right you know it's in your hands hit hit that hybrid somewhere in the middle of the green put a lot of pressure on those guys um unfortunately didn't pull that off pulled it left into the grandstands there and 
from there actually had a pretty easy chip shot and still didn't get that up and down. And, uh, you know, this is all on the back of not burning 18 in regulation, which would have won the tournament. Hit a really weak wedge shot there. So, yeah, I, I did catch that press conference, and you could tell that he was pretty gutted. And you understand why, because he, he certainly feels like this was his tournament and he let it get away. Yeah, and, and like like Grayson, like we were just talking about with Grayson, the par fives on this golf course, Keegan was playing them great, had birdied them all up until Sunday, Eagles nine, and he's it's like the, the script was written for him and, and and he wasn't able to get it done. Do you think do you think hitting that hybrid he 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 talked about trying to hit like a cut in there and he double crossed it? Do you think he was trying to get too aggressive and forcing that uh fade shot to that back right hole location? I, I do. I, I would have liked to have seen, and obviously it's very easy with hindsight and to judge after the fact, but I would have liked to have seen something. Just get that ball on the green. You're going to increase the pressure on those guys by tenfold. If you just get that ball on the green, essentially guarantee yourself a birdie. Then these guys are thinking, hang on a second, I need to make birdie. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen him just get something up the middle of that green. Don't try and take that flag on and, you know, obviously double crossed it. And, and so Ben on who I really didn't like where he had hit it in the playoff short, right? That's a brutal pitch. Now this dude's short game is next level. He's got like ridiculous hands. Um, after seeing Grayson hit the wedge in there, Keegan not hit a very good pitch shot. Ben on delivers a 10 out of 10 chip it, 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 to about what? Four and a half, five feet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what was going through your mind after Grayson makes that bomb and Ben on you're thinking, got to have a second playoff hole, right? I really was, you know, obviously Ben on is not known as the best putter, but is rolling the ball pretty well at the moment since he's gone to this broomstick method. Um, I did. I, I, I firmly expected him to make that five footer, as you say, and really just hit a poor putt and didn't touch the hole from five feet. And uh, I would imagine that Grayson Murray was as surprised as anybody. And I talked with, uh, I was doing Golf Channel, Golf Central last week, and I talked with Sean Foley, Ben on's instructor, uh, Saturday for a while. And, and, the work that Ben on and Sean have been doing, like uh, he told me Ben always had a fantastic short game and was real wristy off the ball and what they've and had a lot of speed, but spun it too much and wasn't a very efficient, uh, you know, ball speed numbers considering how fast he could swing the club just with the wristiness and spin. So uh, Sean sent me some pictures and told me that they were just trying to get a lot wider, take the wrists out on the backswing. And man, I Saturday, Sunday, I I was really trying to pay attention to his swing. He has come a long way. The swing he made in regulation on 18 was one of the many. I mean, it was 15 feet pin high left. Like, and he was so balanced in his follow through. It's like when you when you make a swing and you get to your left side and you're just posing, you feel like you could stand in that position for five minutes and not get tired because you're so balanced. And and that's what it looks like to me for him. Now, remember, he hasn't played since the playoffs, had some of that Korean cough syrup that ended up turning out. It had some some performance-enhancing drug in it, which is ridiculous. Ben On was not trying to do anything like that. Um, But he comes out after a long break, four months off, finishes fourth at Kapalua, and then this, you know, T2 last week at Sony. I I just think his game has been trending. Sean also told me he switched to that broomstick at the deer, and if you look at his putting numbers, I mean – I'm not saying that he's a Denny McCarthy, but his putty numbers are much better. And when you have that kind of short game and that kind of ball striking, I see Ben on winning this year. 
I do too. And, you know, getting back to that, uh, that long iron that he hit into number 18, you know, that's, that's the sort of shot that you dream of hitting just an absolutely beautiful towering long iron in there to the perfect spot, got it in there pin high. And, you know, there's not many guys in the world that can hit their long irons like that, where you can hit it straight up in the air and that far. And uh, I, I'm with you. I would be very, very surprised if we don't see a Ben on winning the series. One of those guys that's on a very short list of, of best player out there not to have won. Um, obviously, Tommy Fleetwood would be another guy on that list. But yes, I would be very, very surprised if we don't see Ben on win. Yeah, and Tommy Fleetwood, you brought his name up. He had a great battle with Roy McIlroy in that new Dubai Invitational 60-man field. They played with AMs for three days. Uh, Tommy and Rory were in the final group together, and it was like a back-and-forth battle all day long. Ultimately, Rory made a couple more mistakes, including a, a rinse tee shot on 18 that, that opened, with a one-shot lead that opened the door for Tommy Fleetwood to make about a 15-footer to win on 18 green. It was a pretty cool scene. Happy for him. But, yeah, Tommy's this guy that seemed – this is his seventh win in, in, on the DP World Tour, but just can't seem to get it done. There's a couple uh, – the Honda Classic a couple years ago, Tommy needed birdied on 18, and he rinsed it right at PGA National. And then last year in Canada, birdie this easy 18 finish in regulation. He wipes it off the tee, wipes the layup, and, and just uh, – I'm confident he'll be a guy that gets it done, though. Yeah, and, and you you made this point to me earlier, you know, um, a while back when we were talking about Tommy Fleetwood. We expect him to win, but he he also only plays the toughest events in the in the states. You know, he's playing all the big events because he's still trying to split time. Does spend uh, spend a bunch of time playing in Europe on the DP World Tour, has a residence in Dubai. So yes, you made I thought you made a great point there where it is. He is going to win, but it's he does only play the biggest events. If he was to play a full full schedule in the uh, in the states, he uh, I firmly believe he would have knocked off that W already by now. Yeah, it's not like he's going there and picking off like the Barracuda every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, and I mean Hatton's kind of the same way. I think you know Hatton's got that one win at Bay Hill a couple of years ago, but Hatton plays big events in the U.S. and and he he splits his time between the DP World Tour as well, which is crazy. Tommy Fleetwood flew from Kapalua, and he he makes a he has I think his home is now Dubai. Yeah, um, but he, right. he flew he flew. Uh, to Dubai and played a tournament this this past weekend. There's a couple guys going from Sony that and Brian Harmon and Tyrrell Hatton uh, who are going over to play the Dubai Desert Classic, the the event we know yeah. from from Dubai so well. Rory's defending. It's the 18th. Is that really cool par five? Uh, that's a, an incredible um, risk reward uh, sort of hole. So looking forward to that week. Uh, Russell Henley. Russell Henley was uh, at one point on the back nine. He was unstoppable on Sunday. He, he he was pouring in putts from everywhere and I was digging up stats cuz I knew he wasn't a good putter. Like yeah. He's, I don't think he's ever been ranked in the top 100 uh, in strokes gained putting in a season and then you see him bombing all these in it got got me thinking like all right and his wins how many times has he led and it turns out two of his wins he led the field in strokes gained putting another one he was third and another one he was like 35th. Uh, and then Mexico didn't have proper stats. But when Russell Henley gets on, uh, it's quite remarkable that ultimately that three-putt on 16 kind of jumped up and, and, and got him. Russell Henley has kind of turned into Charles Howell around Wailai. You know, it used to be that Charles Howell, every time he teed it up at Wailai, you could guarantee he was going to finish top 10, top 5. Russell Henley's kind of in that same vein now. You know, he obviously loves that golf course, looks very good to his eye. He has been in contention there a number of times. Um, 
but yeah, you're right. That uh, untimely three putt there at 16 was kind of uh, what derailed him and cost him. But uh, he's another guy that's playing some good golf, and he's one of those guys. It seems like when he gets on a streak, he plays good golf for four or five weeks in a row. So you know, keep keep a close eye on Russell Henry going forward. I completely agree with that. Uh, played well at the Masters. Like he he pops up on courses that it's just like really. Um, yep. But first event of the year, full field event, had a bunch of rookies making their debut on the PGA Tour. Matthew Pavon, I believe, uh, the Frenchman who earned his card from the top 10 on DP World Tour. He was one of the uh, – he was the low rookie. Um, and he, I think he's he's moved into that Aeon Swing 5 uh, for those guys in between signature events. Uh, so it's it's the next one's Pebble. So it's Sony Open, Amex, and Farmers, the top five and in the FedEx cup points list that aren't otherwise exempt. We'll get into Pebble beach. So that's a nice little thing for the, for the uh, mules, for the rookies, for, for anybody that's not in the signature events to have a chance to qualify. At least it's a, a, a carrot dangling in front. Um, first event on the PGA tour for you, uh, 2007 and me as well, 2007 Sony open. What do you remember most about that? You're making your PGA tour debut in Hawaii. You know, I actually, I remember it like it was yesterday just because of how it went down. I am, um, I was on the East Coast on Wednesday afternoon, and I had spoken with my agent, and um, I'd made the decision that I wasn't going to go across if I was first ultimate. I needed to be in the field. Come Wednesday afternoon, I'm still first ultimate. Then I get a phone call from the tour. You're in. Somebody's withdrawn. So I need to get from Charlotte, North Carolina to Honolulu, Hawaii by 7.35 on uh Thursday morning, managed to find a flight out of Charlotte. I'm, I wasn't packed. I hadn't touched a club for several weeks. Wasn't packed. Raced home, got packed. Um, managed to get on a flight to LA. Landed in LA at some weird time and managed to get on a flight from there to Hawaii. And I remember landing in Hawaii at 3.15, 3.30 in the morning. Uh, obviously, I've slept very, very little. And um, so I felt terrible. Some volunteer had to be there to meet me at 3.30. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, well, how about we drive around for a little while, go see go see some of the island, and then just take me to the golf course. So took me to the golf course. I showed up at the course around, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock. And um, as I say, had a 7.30 tee time with Jeff Ogilvie, who was the reigning U.S. Open champion. And Dean Wilson, who's from Hawaii, the, the local favorite. And uh, we were teeing off on number 10. I don't know if you remember this. There's a, uh, a concrete slab down the left side of the 10th fairway. So I hit my first tee shot, and I hit this nice hard cut down the left side of the, foot of the 10th fairway. It lands on this concrete slab and goes on the green, my first tee shot. My first tee shot on the PGA Tour. And um, I think I three-putted it to make par. But I'm playing, playing really nicely the first day on no sleep at all. I think I shot two under the first day then um, came out after a really good night's sleep. And uh, I think I shot one over the next day, ended up missing the cup by one, and then turned around and flew back to Charlotte. <laughs> uh, while you were telling that story, it, it brought – I'd forgotten about that, that you, you got in so early that morning um, as an alternate. Uh and there's another funny you flying out to Sony Open story that you just kind of jogged loose in my memory. You remember that one? And maybe you potentially had a 
a bit of an injury to a certain part of your body on, on that flight? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I do. I remember that one very well, unfortunately. So we were um, we were playing uh, what we used to call in Zimbabwe King Stingers, which is essentially tag with a tennis ball. So I'm playing with all these sort of six, seven-year-olds in the neighborhood, and I'm just picking these little kids off one by one with a tennis ball. I mean, some of them in tears, knocking some of them down. And this one little kid snuck around the back of the house. And as I turned around, he threw this tennis ball as hard as he could and hit me straight in the nuts. I went down like a sack of potatoes. So <laughs> laying there in my driveway, just holding my nuts, just <laughs> screaming in pain. These kids all think this is absolutely hilarious. They're all laughing. So I, I finally... I get myself up and I walk inside and I'm kind of sitting on the couch and watching TV or whatever. And I'm, I'm in agony right now. So I go and I look in the mirror and my right testicle is like a grapefruit. So I, I call my, that's, wife. that's not, that's not normal, right? No, that's not normal. That's uh, that is not what normally looks like. So I call my wife, Mary, and I'm like, listen, we better go to the emergency room. So <laughs> She, I'm holding holding my nuts in my hand, walk into the emergency room, and uh, they take me back there. And um, you know, I'm waiting. I'm covered up by a sheet, and the the doctor kind of flips the sheet back and he goes, "Oh God, <laughs> that's what you want to hear." That's, that's the reaction you're hoping for, anyway. So I, I they uh, they obviously check me out, and um, it can be very dangerous if your nuts have twisted. So my, luckily enough, my uh, my nuts didn't twist, but uh, this is the uh, this this how this ties into the Sony Open was. This was about two or three days before we were getting ready <laughs> to go to Sony. So anyway, the swelling goes down, so I feel like I'm good enough to go. So fly from Charlotte, and I think I was connecting in Phoenix. Fly from Charlotte to Phoenix. Get on the next flight, flying from uh, from Phoenix to Honolulu, and I guess the pressure. Didn't, didn't agree with my uh, my right nut. So this thing swells up again. I need to ask the uh, flight attendant for a bag of ice. So I have a bag of ice. And she's like, if you don't mind me asking, why do you need a bag of ice? So I, I tell her and uh, she gives me a bag of ice and I kind of, I've got a blanket covering me and I'm sitting on this bag of ice. The next thing I see, there's like three flight attendants and they're kind of peering around and like <laughs> pointing at me. So she's obviously But it made for an eventful week. I had to play uh, play in a jock strap all week because I needed the support and uh, it was uh, it was rather uncomfortable. Did you go did you when you landed, did you have to didn't you go to like the hospital in Honolulu when you landed? I did. I ended up having to go to the hospital in Honolulu and get that checked out. And they gave me some stuff. And the guy's like, listen, you need to make sure you're playing in tidy whities and a jock strap and all the uh, all the support you could get. And uh, oh, that, that was not a comfortable one. But uh, that is an all made it through the week. <laughs> that is an all timer. Oh, man. Uh, thank you for sharing that one, Brendan. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that in years that uh, that really tickled me. Um, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for asking me to share that one. <laughs> anything else come to mind uh from sony open for your experience or this week watching it um you know i i just i just remember how 
I, I actually felt somewhat fortunate. I told you that my travel story that I didn't have the time to get nervous because I was, I'd had a weird travel day. Um, I feel like I would have been a lot more nervous and it would have been a lot more difficult to hit that first tee shot if I'd had probably the preparation that you had. I know you went out there several days early and, uh, you know, got, got ready for the event, how you typically would. Yeah. And it was, it was so cool. It was surreal being there on the driving range and that practice facility is not good. Everything's real small and tight. Obviously space is a uh, premium, uh, but I just remember seeing Jeff Ogilvy on the range, seeing Ernie Els on the range. And I got paired with uh, Kenny Perry on the weekend, who was like a stud at the time. And he was just so nice to me. His wife, Sandy, uh, was really nice to my wife, Katie. And just, I just felt like it was an incredible way to start. And it's almost like you work so hard for through college and the nationwide tour, corn Ferry tour to get to the, the pinnacle, right. To get to the PGA tour. And so it was a real surreal feeling being out there having like a rookie dinner and uh, you know, making it to the PGA tour and playing yeah. first in as a member. So yeah, certainly a special week. And there's a guy, the corn Ferry tour has gotten started. Uh, this week they've got that Sunday to Wednesday finish and Bud Colley making his return to professional golf hadn't played a PGA Tour sanctioned event since the 2020 Fortinet so really good to see him him back I think he shot a couple under in the first round and I kind of haven't paid attention to it since but I uh, wish him all the best um yeah pick this week was Harris English he had a nice run on Sunday for you he did yeah Harris Harris got it going you know he was a little bit too far at uh Sort of a very iffy Saturday. He left himself a little bit too much to do, but uh, yeah, he's another guy that's um, you know coming back off an injury from uh, a couple of years ago. Had that hip uh, hip surgery, so nice to see Harris playing some golf, and uh, he's going to be another one of those guys that's going to be vying for one of those team spots. You know, bukus of talent, and look for Harris to have a big year. Yeah, I mean, you you know the, how hard it is to make those teams. I think hopefully the international team comes on strong, and and you got guys like Ben on and these. Uh, players playing really well it'd be nice to see the internationals actually win one of those yeah, um, I had, yeah i'm sure you feel the same way i had denny mccarthy he had a nice mm -hmm. run shot five under he started on the back nine sunday shot five under and i was thinking oh baby but he uh he sort of petered out making the turn on the front nine a couple hard par fours there on the, those first six holes and, and he ended up making a double um that's that's pretty much all i got from the sony uh, this week coming up, you got anything else for the Sony before we transfer over to Amex? You know what? I want to keep a close eye on uh, on a close eye, excuse me, on uh, Alejandro Tosti. This guy is certifiably nuts, and uh, I think he's going to be great viewing as the year moves along. Um, someone captured a picture of him kind of sitting crisscross applesauce on the side of the green, waiting for his his two playing partners to hit up there. Um, Kind of cut from the same ilk as uh, as Matt Every doesn't doesn't have a whole lot of patience doesn't deal well with slow play uh, got removed from a Corn Ferry event last year for a number of disciplinary actions um, I think this guy's going to be fun to watch but in saying all of that he's got some talent as well yeah he opened yeah, I, with, I, he, is he from Argentina yeah Argentinian guy opened with sixty six um, and then he he as with his personality, shot 77 on Saturday and then 64 on Sunday. So I think this guy's going to be all over the map, but I think by year's end, there's going to be a lot of people that are talking about Alejandro Tosti. Yeah, there, his name was mentioned a bunch up, in, uh, up at Golf Channel. Uh, one of the researchers, Kevin Ryan, he's uh, he was 
been throwing his name out there for a while about how wild he is and kind of echoing your sentiments there. Um, yeah, Adrian, I, I, this Adrian DeMont de Chassard, I can't even say his name. Uh, yeah. Belton player. He came out of, he came out of the PGA tour. U program went on to, he won his first event in the playoff on the corn Ferry tour last summer and then lost in the playoff in his second week at six straight top tens to open up his corn Ferry tour career. I was expect I'm expecting a lot out of him this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not play well. I uh, missed the cut by a mile, so that was a bit of a, a rough opener. But that's a tough place to start your year. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You, you haven't played a tournament in months. It's windy. If you're not, you have like you can make that golf course look pretty easy if you are spot on, especially off the tee. But if you are struggling off the tee, that place will jump up and bite you. It's it's a very difficult golf course to play out of that Bermuda rough. You know, there's probably. I can't think of another golf course where you can get flyers like you can out there. It's typically pretty, pretty dry. You start getting it over a couple of back of those greens, and you're just not getting the ball up and down. So you can be just a little bit off, and it can make you look pretty bad. As you say, if, you, if you're spot on, you can make it look easy. But it's it's not an easy driving golf course either. There's a lot of, lot of holes that play in different directions, a lot of crosswinds. And as you say, you're coming off a pretty long offseason. The game might not be quite as sharp, and don't – what I'm trying to say is don't read too much into the scores from just one week. Some of these yeah, guys. I completely agree with you there. And then you look ahead to Amex, and it's completely different yeah. experience. The wind usually doesn't blow out there in the desert in La Quinta, California. Um, I personally miss when we played the Palmer and Nicholas Private in La Quinta. And now over at the stadium course, the Nicholas Tournament, you and I have had a lot of experience there with Q-School. You actually got your card there through Q-School in December of 06. It was a fun night after that. I was there for the rookie orientation. We had some good times with Armour and Sneds, our practice round group. Um, who do you – Who do you, they, they, Amex has a good field. Scheffler's playing, uh, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley. Like, uh, this is uh, – it seems like some of these guys are getting together when – it's like they did it for Travelers a few years back. They have to – if they don't play 26, they have to play a tournament they haven't otherwise played. And it seems like a lot of these top players – Kind of show up at the at the same event to kind of boost a, a tournament. What, what what are your thoughts going into Amex week? Yeah, you know, I um I was looking at it and I think I, I we're obviously going to make our picks um, moving forward. I was trying to look at someone to go out on a limb. Um, Davis Thompson was someone that I was thinking about purely because of how well he played there last year. There's going to be a comfort level for him. He pushed John Rom all the way to the end last year. Um, I, he's he's a name that I'm uh, I'm going to keep a close eye on this week. He's not going to be my pick, but uh, he's definitely going to be a, a name that I'm going to pay close attention to. Just somebody that's a, a little bit of a, a lesser name than the, the guys we expect to be in contention. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited, and he's probably going to be my pick. Uh, I'm really excited to see Justin Thomas. Um, he didn't play much this fall. Uh, played well at Fortnite, leading into the leading into the Ryder Cup. Played pretty good at the Ryder Cup for. Uh, an otherwise pretty bad uh, U.S. team. He was paired with Jordan Spieth, who didn't play good at all. Uh, I'm going to blame that one on the fact that Jordan had just had a baby and there's bigger things in life than golf. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to watching Justin Thomas play this week. Uh, he, he looked like he played pretty good at the Hero World Challenge. Swing looks good. I don't think his dad's going to be traveling with him as much. This is, a, this is a big start. He's also 29th in the world ranking right now and top 30 get into signature events. So I believe it's the the week before the world ranking the week before. So he he's still got, I guess, 
his spot after Amex will be where he ends up going into to, to the player's signature event. So a good finish this week could really lock him up to be in that top 30 uh, for the next few signature events, which I think I think would be would be big to not have to get sponsors. I, I, I think that's a good uh, a good pick, actually. Everything I've heard out of Justin Thomas's mouth, he's, he's furious with the year that he had last year. He's, uh, he's maybe a little bit of a wake-up call about I need to work perhaps a little bit harder or perhaps a little bit smarter. But, yeah, everything he said, he's he's very, very disappointed in the year that he had last year and doesn't want to experience that feeling again. So I think that's a very, very good pick. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that's – I mean, he's world number one. I actually haven't picked him for a lot of events. So I'm going to pick uh, pick Scotty Scheffler. I, I expect him to go out there and make a whole bunch of birdies. Those are some of the easiest greens to putt. They're always – Always a perfect holding speed, and um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking for Scotty Scheffler to uh, to knock off a W here. Can't uh, can't fault you for a pick like that. That's uh, I mean, I, I thought about Scotty; it just seemed like too easy of a decision. But yeah, for the low hanging fruit there. <laughs> um, some other news in the week: uh, the first three uh, sponsor exemptions came out for Pebble Beach. Not so sure if you saw, but happened to be two board members on there: Webb Simpson and. Uh, and Peter Malnati got two board members getting spots into into a signature event. That's good. Makes me want to get back on the board. Um, There's not a chance you would be getting a spot into anything, regardless of what board you're on. That's true. Uh, and then uh, the third is Maverick McNeely. Uh, he's got, obviously, Northern Cal Connections. Maybe his dad uh, made a big donation to the Monterey Peninsula Foundation. But I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to start any rumors. Uh, still one spot out there. We were talking this week uh, with the guys up at Golf, Golf Channel. Gary Woodland has to be getting a sponsor yeah. yeah. this year. U.S. Open champ from there. Just coming off brain surgery. I mean, right? It, it, it makes way too much sense. It's it's a perfect, perfect opportunity for a great story as well. You know, U.S. Open champion last time it was at Pebble comes back after going through brain surgery. It's just it would be a wonderful story. Um, I really, really hope they do give Gary Woodland the spot in there. Yeah, me too. Brendan, I'm all out. You got anything else you want to talk? No, Wax. Uh, glad to glad to catch up with you. I got a I got an eight thirty tea time at the Calusa Pines, so uh, gonna gonna see how it goes. We'll get out there and shoot another sixty nine from the sixty two hundred yards that you're playing, and uh, tell all the guys I I look forward to seeing them soon and. I look forward to seeing you in person, and uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Wagyu Filet Show.